Well, it's good to be together on this Christmas Eve tonight as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. So I imagine that the kids that are here, some of them are too young to respond, but that they're thinking right now about the presents that are under the tree at home, potentially, or that they might get uh, somewhat later tonight or in the morning. Christmas, for all of us, brings about a thought or a, a sense of giving gifts and receiving gifts. That's what we do on Christmas. And we do that because, obviously, Christmas is about a gift, It's about the greatest gift that's ever been given, this gift that God gives to us. And I want us to reflect just briefly on that gift that God has given. The angels announced this gift to the shepherds, or the angel did, in Luke 2, verse 11, which is the text for this evening. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This is about the gift of the one born in Bethlehem, the story that we've heard this evening in the city of David, the gift of Jesus to us. In that verse, verse 11, the angel tells the shepherds two aspects of the gift, that he's Savior unto us, is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. That is the gift of Christmas, the gift of Jesus, is the gift of rescue and the gift of rule. Two R words for us, Savior and Lord. The gift of rescue and the gift of of rule. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas time. The gift of rescue. At the heart of the Christmas message is the reality that as human beings, we were facing realities in our lives in evil and in sin and in death that were far too strong for us. We were born into wrongdoing, wrong thinking, wrong feeling, and wrong living. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, instead of Uh, assured progress in wisdom and decency, man faces the ever-present possibility of swift relapse, not merely to animalism, but into such calculated cruelty as no other animal can practice. And history has obviously shown us that what he said then is actually, in fact, true. It's true as human beings that we are still marked by the image of God inside of us and that we have a, a great capacity for love, for relationships, for beauty, and even for justice. But those capacities are always blemished in one degree or another through pride and self-seeking, which leads often to injustice, oppression, and violence. The fact of the matter is that as humankind, we needed help. We do need help from the outside. The trouble is that we often forget this. We often forget that we need help. We often think that we're quite capable of rescuing ourselves. We depend upon our accomplishments or our education or our pedigree or our bank accounts or any other number of things to save ourselves, to rescue ourselves, to make ourselves okay. But the reality is that these things can't actually deliver. They can't save. At some point, they fail us in a significant way. We encounter situations or circumstances. Often, it's a diagnosis could be the loss of a job quite suddenly, when things go far beyond our capacity, our ability. We're unable to control the outcomes of our life. And as surprising as it sounds, that these actually can be great gifts of God's grace. For many of us, this is the moment that we woke up to God in a whole new way. That we realized our need for rescue. And even if our circumstances remain quite favorable on into old age, 
we then have to confront the reality of our own mortality. Try as we might to consign the reality of death to the margins of our lives and society. And I would say that in general, we've done a pretty good job of this as a culture. We all face the reality that someday, sooner or later, we will be staring death in the face. Unable to overcome this next opponent. Unable to manipulate circumstances in any way to get out on the other side in our own strength. The most honest assessment of humanity, the most honest assessment of our lives is that we are in great need. Great need. That we need rescue. We're like the 19-year-old man who earlier this week was rescued out of the aftermath of the landslide in China after 67 hours of being buried under debris and dirt. For those 67 hours, trapped under that debris... We don't surmise at all that this young man had any thoughts that he could rescue himself. That he had any thoughts that in his own strength he was going to get to the other side of his situation. He must have known his desperate need for help, for rescue, for someone from the outside to come and deliver him from his situation and bring him out. The first reality of the gift that we're given at Christmas is the gift of rescue. But we don't ever appreciate this gift unless we know our need. I've been reminded in my own life over the last several weeks just of the desperation of our situation in various situations with people in our community, in things in my own life, and just seeing the fact that we are so powerless to get from point A to point B, to get where we want to be, and so desperate for somebody to help us from the outside. And this is exactly what God does for us here on Christmas. The birth of Jesus is God reaching into our darkness. It's God peeling back layer after layer of debris to reach us. It's God's giant step toward us. The helpless ones, the powerless ones, the desperate ones. It's about God's gift of rescue to you and to me. And we can only appreciate that gift when we see just how much we needed it. Our celebration over the next 24 hours will be relatively muted to the degree that we don't see the depth of our need for God to step in and reach out his hand and pull us into a new place and a new life. So it's a gift of rescue, but it's also a gift of rule, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And of course, these two go together. It's often the one who saves who becomes the leader or the king. Think of George Washington, for example, the leader who became the ruler. The Savior who is Christ the Lord, the angel says, which means ruler or king, the one in charge, the one calling the shots. And this may in some ways seem for us like a strange gift. Who really wants to be ruled? We live in a day and an age when we thrive on being autonomous. We thrive on self-rule. We live in a culture of self-expression. Be yourself. Do what feels right. Rule yourself. You know what's best for you. And we pride ourselves in this kind of thinking. The individual is sovereign. And to us, this is freedom. So to talk about a gift of rule is in some ways to be paradoxical in our moment in time. Reflecting on her early life in which she followed her own desires, Dorothy Day, the great uh, Catholic who 
who was the founder of the Catholic worker movement that cared for the poor in a wonderful way in the mid-20th century. She wrote this about her early life, which she lived in New York City. She said, The life of the flesh called to me as a good and wholesome life, regardless of man's laws, which I felt rebelliously were made for the repression of others. The strong could make their own law, live their own lives. In fact, they were beyond good and evil. The strong could make their own law, live their own lives. They could be their own rulers. Of course, Day's own testimony reveals otherwise. She, like many others who followed those footsteps of her early life, grew to see the bankruptcy of self-rule and the beauty and the freedom of serving the one good and capable King who is Christ the Lord. This gift of Christ the Lord, this gift of a king, this gift of rule from a ruler is a gift from a ruler who is benevolent and gracious, merciful and kind. As a ruler, his benevolence and graciousness is reflected first in his act of rescue as Savior. I said these were connected. It was a rescue that cost him everything, but he gave freely. It was a rescue that required him to take our place So he climbed into the cramp and dark and oxygen-deprived hole that we were barely alive in in order that we might get out of the hole and be set free and have a new way of life on the other side. What a glorious other side it is that Jesus calls us to under his rule. Forgiven, which we all desperately need to be forgiven, and free. We get to live the life that we were meant to live. I owe everything. We owe everything to Jesus. We give everything to Jesus. The gift of rescue and the gift of rule. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Lastly, I want to say that as we receive this gift, And we can only do so by seeing our need for a savior, for rescue, and our need for a ruler, beside ourselves a king. But as we receive this gift, then we are finally alive, free to truly live and to have the joy that is to mark this Christmas season. Because having received such an amazing gift, and there is no greater gift that we will ever receive, having received such a great gift, all the value systems of the world don't matter anymore. We're no longer daunted by the reality of death. But we're free to be alive. We're free to celebrate. We're free to have joy. We're free to live in the fullness of his grace, to celebrate this gift all our lives long. And our life becomes a celebration. Yes, in the midst of pain and suffering and trial, but nonetheless, because we've received this gift of a rescue and a ruler, it is a life of celebration and joy that nothing, no circumstance, can ultimately squelch or put out. It's a fire that burns within us. Motivated, driven, and fueled by the great gift of this Christmas Eve.
So may we give this king great glory this Christmas season for the great gift that he has given to us. The gift of rescue, which we desperately needed, and the gift of rule, which finally sets us free. Let's stand together. Amen.